You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Interstate Batteries offers a wide variety of batteries for your everyday needs. Stop into one of their thousands of retail locations and talk with a battery specialist about batteries for your truck, trail cameras, and even those weird batteries for your rangefinder. Interstate Batteries even offers cell phone repair in certain locations. For more information, visit interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. Brought to you by Vortex Optics. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another pre-rut edition of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, and today I am joined by one of the hosts of the Missouri Woods and Water podcast, my good buddy, Nate Thomas, and uh, me and Nate just have a straight-up conversation about the pre-rut. We talk about the strategy that we both kind of use going into the pre-rut. We talk about the dates. We talk about the, uh, you know, where we hunt, what we look for, uh, you know, the, you know, the, the, the temperatures, the wind directions, the the staging areas, the bedding areas, the transition areas, the travel corridors, the food sources, all of that stuff. And so it's just a it's just a kind of an, a, a quick in depth conversation about hunting right now in this pre rut time frame. Um, we have a conversation about the dates, and and that's one thing that. I'm a firm believer that the pre-rut rolls into the first three, sometimes four days of November, depending on maybe the deer herd. And a lot of it can be, a lot of it can depend on what the the doe groups are doing on the farms that you have access to hunt or the properties that you have access to hunt. And so there's going to probably be some places in the Midwest or the, you know, wherever there is a traditional November rut where the deer are starting to rut in late October because of the bell curve, right? If a, if a doe comes into heat, it stops being the pre-rut and it becomes the rut. And so, 
Um, we talk about the deer behavior. We talk about mature buck behavior or just buck behavior in general, scrapes, rubs, all that stuff. So it's a really cool episode that I know you guys are going to enjoy. And uh, we're not going to get too carried away into uh, an intro. I'm just going to run through the the partners that we have here. Tethered Wasp, Hunt Stand and Vortex. Um, if you're looking for a saddle, definitely check out Tethered. Uh, they have saddles, all the saddle hunting accessories that you need, climbing sticks, the platforms, all the harnesses and equipment. Uh, so go check out Tethered. Wasparchery.com. If you're still looking for broadheads, definitely give Wasp a try. They have mechanicals, they have uh, fixed blades, and the best part is a majority, a majority of their heads are still made in America, and uh, they're made from some of the best material and have an awesome design, and uh, I can't wait to put uh, one of my Wasp jackhammers through the vitals of a mature buck in the next couple weeks. Hunt stand, it's that time. You know, I, I started talking about this throughout the whole summer, and it's that documentation process on hunt stand that I love so much. You're, you're marking the rubs, the scrapes, the bedding areas, the the crit crossings, the where your trail cameras are, where you've spotted deer. And then recently they've had their pro whitetail upgrade, which allows you to use some of their maps like uh, the, the rut map, where the rut is hot, uh, some forecasting type uh, information on there as well. Of course, the weather, all that stuff. Uh, go visit huntstand.com. Oh, and by the way, SN20 for the wasp 20% discount code sn20 or no excuse me nfc20 for 20% off nfc20 for 20% off on wasp we did hunt stand and now vortex optics title sponsor um new range finders new tripods um they have a whole bunch of new gear that has come out I have the, what is it here? The Crossfire, the Crossfire HD 1400. That's uh, the new rangefinder that they have this year. That thing's badass, man. It is badass. Um, so if you're looking for a rangefinder or a spotting scope or binoculars or a rifle scope or a red dot, uh, definitely go check out Vortex Optics. The gear, all that stuff is amazing, right? The awesome optics. But it's the people behind optics, just like HuntStand, just like Wasp, just like Tethered, that create these communities. And it makes a guy feel comfortable about his purchasing decisions. So go check out VortexOptics.com. And last but not least, uh, I, I, don't, I forgot. What I, I don't know why I said that. Last but not least, um, huge shout out to all of you for taking time out of your day to listen. Please do me a favor. When you do get to hunt, go hunt your balls off, hunt hard, have fun, disconnect, come back to the family and then go do it again. Right? So, uh, bust your balls when you have the opportunity. And, uh, when you don't have the opportunity, be, don't, uh, don't get sidetracked because it's hard to do. 
Like there's days where I stare out the window and I have one of those, are the deer thinking of me too type moments. And so, but when you do get the opportunity, hunt hard, wear your safety harness. That's, that's a no brainer, wear your safety harness. And, uh, while you're traveling back and forth, listen to all of the, uh, podcasts coming out of the sportsman's empire podcast network, the nine finger chronicles, the hunting gear podcast, the how to hunt deer podcast. Those, those podcasts are on the sportsman's empire podcast network, along with all of the other, uh, so much amazing content, whether you're love coon dogs, whether you, you live in the South, whether you live in Missouri or Ohio or, or Michigan or Pennsylvania, like, and I'm, I know I'm missing some, but there is so much good content coming out of the sportsman's empire. I, uh, I beg you to go give it a, a listen. You'll be surprised on how good it is and then leave a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast. So go do that. Go subscribe. Go follow uh, Nine Finger Chronicles on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, then I think it's just Dan Johnson or it could be Nine Finger Chronicles on Go Wild as well. Go check that out. And um, pop, 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 that's it. Let's get into today's pre-rut conversation episode. Three, two, one. All right, on the phone with me today from the Missouri Woods and Water podcast on the Sportsman's Empire, Mr. Nate Thompson. Nate, how are we doing? Thompson? Shit. Yeah, how you doing, man? Thomas. Thomas, yeah. Th- Thomas. Yeah, Thomas. Well, you got, I got to <laughs> say your name right. <laughs> I got to say your name right. Thomas, Nate I'm Thomas. The third, I'm the third most important person on my show, so okay. it doesn't matter. All right. Have you have you guys kind of got past arguing in your intro with each other yet? Or you, do you guys still argue a lot? Well, it's probably worse now because Andy hasn't been around for six weeks, and he's usually the one that uh, keeps Micah and I from arguing too bad. So Now it's just, it now it's just a straight argument the whole show. Or the best part is... Uh, Micah is ha- taking shots at Andy because he's <laughs> not able to make it. And so every week he keeps talking shit on Andy and I can't wait till Andy comes back because that's going to be a fun <laughs> intro for me to just sit back and watch. Yeah. Right. <laughs> now let me ask you. So two things, he is in a coma six weeks gone, right? He's either in a coma yeah. or he had a kid. What happened? Well, he did just have a kid right oh, before okay. he went to Colorado. All right, perfect, perfect. He's, Andy's also a farmer, and so uh, uh, they they've just been running their asses off on harvest, and they're they're getting close to done. But um, basically, when harvest starts, he's got a full time job, and he also farms, so he's got two full time jobs basically. Yeah. Uh, whenever harvest hits, yeah. So he's just uh, he's a ghost yeah. during harvest and planting season. Yeah. Um, burning the burning the candle at both ends right now yes yeah that's exactly what he's doing he's gonna be he's gonna be like that three-year-old buck who just gets really worn down by the time the rut's even over funny he kind of looks like that (laughs) and uh so anyway today is uh october 25th and for me, as far as looking at a calendar, I don't like to look at calendars and say, hey, this is when the pre-rut kicks off or this is when the rut kicks off. I just kind of observe my deer herd through trail camera and, you know, past history and things like that. And usually somewhere around the 25th is when I start to see like this pre-rut activity really start to pick up where... I'm not seeing a lot of pressure on the does. 
the Doe groups are still together. The uh, the Bucks are still by themselves. Um, I, I don't do a lot of hanging cameras over scrapes, so I, I don't get the, the scrape activity. I, I put most of my trail cameras in like, uh, uh, like on tr heavy trails or pinch points or, you know, like terrain features that like direct yeah. deer movement and things like that. So what that's the long way of me trying to say that this episode is going to be about the pre-rut and leading up into, you know, the first week of November when the technical rut starts to kick off. So my, my first question that I actually want to ask you is, man, how many hours south of you are, uh, of me are you? Um, I think I'm about four hours south. Four of hours south. Okay. So I'm in if, Eastern. If I remember where you're at. Yeah. yeah. So I'm in Eastern Iowa and you live south of Kansas city. I live east of Kansas city. East of about Kansas, an hour. East of Kansas city. Yeah. About Okay. All right. So when, like, as far as the pre-rut is concerned, when do you start to see a little bit more pre-rut activity? Well, <laughs> This year withstanding, because I'll be honest with you, Dan, this year has been one of the weirdest years I've ever experienced uh, from here. I, I don't know where the deer are. I don't know what the hell's going on. Um, but typically uh, around mid October, so October, like around October 15th on um, my main property that I hunt, I will typically start seeing actually both of them. I will typically start seeing bucks start to uh, do things that make you think the rut's about to start. Yeah. If that makes sense. So, you know, I'll start seeing bucks show up a little more in the daylight, uh, especially on one farm where they're a very nocturnal, uh, nocturnally driven because it's it's not there's not very much cover there, right? Right. I'll start seeing daylight. I'll start seeing daylight photos of those bucks. Okay. Here and there, not a lot, but just oh. There he was, you know, at seven in the morning or whatever. Right. And on the other farm, I'll start seeing bucks come back. Uh, that farm, they typically, once they go out of velvet, they'll disappear for six to eight weeks. And then around mid-October, they will, uh, they'll start showing back up. And if you remember correctly, I know you've done a lot of podcasts, but I did a podcast with you back in 2018 Yep. on a buck I killed on October 16th. And that's because he showed back up October fifteenth, and then I killed him the next day. And you so, went in, you you, uh, you went in after him based off trail camera data. I at, well, I went him. I went in uh, back then. I didn't have any cell cams. Yeah. So I, back then I went in because we had a weather event on the fourteenth. Okay. So on the fifteenth, I went and hunted. And I checked the cameras while I was there and noticed all three shooter bucks I was after that year showed up within that three-day span between yeah. the 12th and the 15th, all three of them Okay. Um, on different days. So then the 16th, I went back because the weather conditions were right and they had just all came back and he showed up and got shot. So uh, right around mid-October, I start seeing them do, I wouldn't say rutting activity yet, but I start seeing them do stuff that makes you think it's coming yeah um another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah. This is and then a, I start hunting a little harder. Yeah, this is a crazy year for me. Uh, I've, I've had a lot of things have happened, right? Usually by now I would have checked my trail cameras one time in October. Uh, like uh, go in there and hunt. And this year I did not get the opportunity to do that on, on my new farm. Yes. It, but that was the first week of October. Uh, and usually by now I will have hunted once or twice on my main farm that I've hunted on for like 14, you know, 14 years. And so with that said, I have a good idea of what the deer are doing, what the bucks are doing and things like that. So with that said, I don't have that trail camera inf- information this year. And and so like I I'm missing that part of it, but I do have a couple cell cams that are out right now. And those cell cams are aren't like the first shooter was daylight today on the on October 25th. Now, up until today, I've had maybe a couple days ago, not, middle like 3 a.m. in the morning, um, the same buck show up in the same pinch point. But other than that, on across all my farms, no, not even nocturnal mature deer movement. And so that tells me that they're just not on, not on the farms because I don't want to say that. There's a high probability that they're not on the farms because these trail cameras are in really like they're known travel corridors that at least some point in a three or four day period, they should be coming through. Doe groups are coming through all the time. Small bucks are coming through all the time. And so the big dogs just, if I had to guess, are not on the farm on the farm right now. And so, but, but that's, it's for like, for me, that's hard to uh, say that they're not there. It's just the, I, I'm throughout the years, they just haven't showed up until this time of year, the, the late October timeframe when the pre-rut really starts to uh, kick off and these deer are spreading their te- territory. They're laying down a lot of sign. Are you starting to see, and I don't know how much you've hunted yet this year. Have you seen, or do you typically see like uh, scrape, scrape activity or rub activity pick up? Well, yeah, typically. Um, and funny, we were talking about trail cams just now because this is the first time in my life I actually wish I didn't have any. Yeah. Because we were talking, just like we were saying earlier in the show, I don't, I don't have anything on camera right now. And I don't mean, I don't mean shoot, I don't mean any deer, like a, a picture of a deer a week. You know, it's just, it's so weird. What do you, why do you and think so, that is? Man, I really hope it's not EHD because it's it's been really really dry where I'm at this yeah. summer to yeah. the point that we were in a drought at one point and then we got a little rain, but it was so dry we were having field fires this last weekend during harvest. Um, I'm really hoping it's not EHD, but I haven't heard anything from neighboring farmers that would make me think it is. But I just I don't know, man, because every yeah. summer I have this main farm in particular, every summer I have at least a dozen two year old plus deer. Yeah. Not all, you know, ones I'm after or whatever. I'm not kidding. Not a single one this year, Dan. Yeah. So 
I'm just like, where'd they all go? I hope they're not dead. But uh, yeah. so anyway, my, my, my point to say that is me and Parker uh, McDonald were talking about this a couple weeks ago. That's where trail cams can be a, a negative because it, yeah. it puts you in a bad head space. It makes you not want to hunt yeah. almost. Yeah. And I've kind of felt that this year. Now, I haven't went hunting near as much so far this year as I have in years past for that being one of the reasons because I don't feel like the deer are there right now, so I'm trying to leave it alone. Right. I'm also very busy with kids and sports and stuff. But there's that negative headspace that if you didn't have trail cams – you don't know what you don't know. And you just go and hunting to go hunting, you know? Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, Hey, I can understand that. I can understand where trail cams could be a negative to your hunting experience. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of, I, I actually, I've hunted public more this year than I've hunted my private. I decided to go try this piece of public near me that I have never hunted. I never even stepped foot on it in my life. And I've been hunting it on the ground the last you know week or two. Um, I've seen some cool deer. I mean, I've seen some does. I haven't seen any bucks, but I just, I mean, it's October 25th and I'm going to go hunting tonight for the fourth time this year, man. Yeah. Like, it's just weird. This is the least amount of hunting I've ever done. Yeah. And, and so I'll say the same thing for Iowa. I've been in the tree stand, uh, an afternoon, a morning and an afternoon here in Iowa. And usually I, yeah. I have by this time of year is when I'll start to ramp up, but like, for me, I have wrestling tonight. I have wrestling mm. uh, and dance tomorrow. I have, and not not me personally, but my kids. Um, but That'd be funnier though. Yeah, and then basketball and basketball and dance on Thursday, and then we're getting into this this period where uh, nothing's going on Friday night, but Saturday night is uh, trick or treating or like a Halloween party. Nothing going on really on Sunday. Or no, Saturday is soccer in the morning, then the Halloween yep. party, and then Monday is the is Halloween, and that's trick citywide trick or treating. So this week is really tough, and then I kind of put my like I kind of just separate for the you know like November, and I just everybody knows you know it's that time of year yep. you know you disappear. On top of that, right? So so. Let, let's say all things were good in your world and you're getting it's it's pre-rut and tonight you had let's let's just say you had maybe a, a good deer in the area maybe not to like up to date but there was good deer you were, you were feeling good and you got the chance to go out and hunt tonight what are you looking for in a place to hunt as far as the as far as the the pre-rut is concerned so I would still be um, hunting a deer, not with the rut in mind, if that makes any sense. So uh, I think last year we talked about this, like during the rut, I'll almost hunt does more than I do the bucks. Yeah. Even though I'm not hunting the doe. <laughs> yeah. But so like if I were going tonight and there were a shooter buck on my property, which I hope there is, by the way, because I am going tonight um, and I'm going in an area that I don't have any cameras. Right. So that's what my hope is. Uh, I, well, I, I would do just what I said I'm going to do. I'm, I'm going to go where I think he's bedded and hunt him like he's not running, rutting. Okay. So, um, you know, hope he gets out of his bed and moves the direction that I'm, I'm needing him to move. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I'm not worried about mineral anymore. Obviously I'm not, we can't bait Missouri. So I don't, that's not something I I'm, can be doing anyways. So I'm going to hunt him, hunt him just like I would September 27th. Okay. I mean, he, he might be doing a little checking and a little, st- but I, they're not doing it yet in my opinion. Although every year people think it starts earlier. Um, people have said they've seen some stuff, but, uh, I'm going to hunt him just like I would, you know, two, two weeks ago. Yeah. I'm just going to use the, the non-information my trail cams have given me. And I'm going to go to an area of the farm that I don't have anything. And I'm going to set up based on the wind and where I think he may be. If, if he's there, if yeah. a deer, a shooter is there and that's how I'm going to hunt him tonight. Yeah. Okay. So I, I look at the deer that I've shot in the past and i say to myself okay what were what were these deer doing when i shot them and so last year uh last year was a perfect example and then what uh 2020 well i'm that 2021 what did i shoot okay 21 yes uh was a good example 20 was not 2019 what was not 2018 was. And so I look at the, the days that I shot these deer and what they were doing. All right. And so on 2021 and 2018, maybe 19, but I don't think so. Uh, anyway, these deer were by themselves. I didn't see any other deer. I didn't see, uh, other than bucks, right. I didn't see any does, but they were in an area that does visited very often but there wasn't any there wasn't really any does around so when i think of the pre-rut and this so all the those two deer uh, specifically were shot in november november the first week of november so a lot of people i think and i i'd love to hear your opinion on this a lot of people think that once november first hits that's the rut and i've learned throughout the years to almost stay out of the woods the first three, I'm not going to say stay out of the woods, but not treat it like the rut the first three days of November, maybe even the first four days of November, because on November 4th, when I shot those two deer, both years, I ended up shooting those deer and it felt just pre-rut to me, right? There wasn't any chasing. There wasn't any like running around. Uh, there wasn't things going crazy like the rut. Right. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like the pre-rut for me, maybe it can even start as early as the 20th of, uh, depending on what you have on your farms and stuff like that. But you know, the, like the, the herd is calm. The bucks start to ramp up a little bit and they're, they're getting on their feet. Maybe not necessarily daylight activity per se. Um, a lot of movement on daylight, and now is this time where it pre-ruts all the way into, I'm going to say, on the farms that I hunt, it goes all the way to November 3rd or 4th. And then something happens on my farm, and then boom. Like, just the the trail cameras throughout the years. I bet you I have 10 years of trail camera data that if I documented just the volume of uh, the volume of pictures taken November 5th through the 
22nd just spikes as opposed to the rest oh, of the, to the rest of the year. And so um there it just it's calm, it's calm, it's calm and all the way up until until November. When do you like if you were to throw dates on pre-rut where you hunt what are, what's that look like? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, I honestly, I'll, I just throw hard dates on them because yeah. for me, well, first off, what, what, what is the pre-rut to me and what is it to you? Mm-hmm. Right. Like for every person that might be a different answer you give them. Yeah. And then I'll say something's pre-rut and then this time last year, and I don't know if it was exactly October 25th, but I know it was before Halloween last year, I watched two, two and a half year olds getting a knockdown drag out fight right in front of my tree stand. Yeah. Um, so like, it makes me think, I wonder if a doe is already in heat right now and that could be pre-rutting activity. Sure. It also could be full rut activity. Yeah. I mean, it was a crazy day and it was October 25th or yeah. whatever date it was somewhere before the 30th. Yeah. Um, cause I saw them, I saw another one coming through, um, you know, with snot coming out and just like nose to the ground. Well, that that's rutting activity in my opinion. Yeah. So, all it takes is a doe to go into heat a little early. Yeah. Um, I mean, and so like for me, I just say this is just me because I am very black and white with my life. Pre-rut October 20th to Halloween rut November 1st on. Like I just like I, to me, those, those terms don't necessarily carry a lot of weight because I just like, what do I see? That's, I guess, how I'll go after them if right. if I see stuff. Now, if I'm not seeing stuff, you're right. I typically, like Missouri's gun season is the second weekend in November every year. Yeah. I know the week before that season hits is full on rut. It's happening. And yeah. so gun season, I think, is November 13th this year. So you're talking seven days before it. What is that, November 6th? I, I promise you, I will be taking a good portion of that week off work. Right. And I'll be in a tree stand somewhere or on the ground somewhere. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just kind of do hard and fast. Anything before Halloween, pre-rut, afterwards, game on. Yeah. But, and, I, and I know that a rifle season can have a big impact on on the rut and things like that. But I just feel like this is me. If I, if I was working the cubicle life and towards the end of – the my my time spent in a cubicle you know the the 40 hour work weeks punch in punch out use pto to you know go hunting Mm -hmm. this week november 1st lands on a tuesday right and if i had to plan like right now i'm pretty fluid right i can see a weather event coming i can say "Ah, well i'm not going to go out and start hunting hard until um or you know if something's coming on the second well i'm going to go on the second, but I have meetings planned on this week or the next week on, let me look at that, uh, on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, 
of next week. And so I'm not actually going to start hunting until Thursday, uh, Thursday. And so if I was, if I was living that cubicle life, I would look at that and I would say, man, and, and this is, again, I'm not telling people that they should do this. I'm not telling, because I don't hunt the farms that you hunt. I don't hunt the same deer herd that you hunt, but from my, right. from my experience. And again, this fluctuates North South, right? Cause my uncle lives in Kansas and he swears to God that, uh, he, when he was living in Iowa, then he moved to Kansas. He swears that where he is at in Kansas, it is one week behind everything that's ever happened in Iowa. So if I get excited about the seventh, he's getting excited about the 14th. You know what I mean? Is he, is he in Western Kansas? He's in uh, Southeastern Kansas. See, so Southeastern Kansas, Kansas to me is much more like Oklahoma okay. than it. I mean, it's, it, obviously it's not all like that, but like it's um, obviously it's near Oklahoma. Yeah. It's in near Southwest Missouri, like Southwest Missouri. Sometimes I feel like it's even different than where I'm at. Yeah. Um, Cause you're talking about the Ozark mountains, depending on where you are in that part of the state. And yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I can see what he means there. Yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to get at is for me, I look at that and I go, I'm probably going to take the Friday. I'm going to take those, those days off or I'm going to, I'm going to work November 1st, 2nd, 3rd, depending on the temperature, probably the fourth, but then I'm going to put stack all, excuse me. I'm going to stack all of that into how at the end, cause I, let's just say I have two weeks to work with and it's the Halloween through the 11th, right? I can use 10 days of PTO and I'd and most people will probably take off November 1st through the 11th on veterans day. But for me and where I hunt, Again, this is just what I see. I see, I would rather take those first four days in November and stack them at the end and hunt the 14th, 15th, 16th, and 17th of November. And uh, again, Iowa doesn't have a gun season there. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? So I, I can't, you know, some states do, some states don't. But, you know, once that rifle season hits, then it's just... I have no experience. All bets are off. Yeah, I have no experience uh, in something so like I'll that. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you as a Missouri brethren, yeah. or the Missouri folks that are listening to me, here's what I usually do, and this is what I'm going to do coming up. So mm-hmm. I don't have, and I'm probably a lot of people listening don't have enough PTO built up to take November 1st through the 11th off, right? Right. So what I'm doing, and I haven't sent this into work or anything yet, but. I'm probably going to take the second and the third off, which basically gives me the fourth off because I'm in the office that Friday. So I work from home, so it makes it a little easier for me. So then I can either get out in the morning or in the afternoon on the Friday if I needed to. Then obviously the weekend's the weekend. Then I'm probably also taking the eighth, ninth, and tenth off, which also give me the eleventh pretty much. So that's five days of PTO I'm taking those two weeks. The reason I'm doing that is I want to get any buck that I'm after killed, if I can, before the 13th. Right. Because on the 13th, God love us all, the Orange Army will show up and all bets are off at that point. So, yeah. you know, all hell breaks loose. And it, it can be a beautiful thing, too. I mean, I've had it work in my favor, so right. I'm not complaining about it. Right. But on the 13th, it's go time for all those those rifle hunters for 10 days. So you're just basically holding on for 10 days and seeing what happens. Right. Right. So 
I take that time before because of rifle. Um, I want, if I'm going to try to get something killed with that bow, I'm going to take some time off before rifle season. Um, and I don't remember how much PTO I got, but I usually take a day or two that, that first week of rifle also. Um, but I got to go get uh, a medical procedure done in December where I'm going to have to use some PTO. So yeah, I got to save it. She, she doesn't want any more kids, so I got to get taken care of. <laughs> it's not that bad, dude. I'll tell you what. I know. I'll tell you, you've heard, you've heard me talk about it. It, it. it sucks for a little bit, but then you're just like, uh, you just put the ice on it. You go watch some TV, and uh, you're good to go. I mean, you could probably— I'm just more upset that I have to burn a day or two of PTO more than anything. <laughs> you, you, so. Well, if you work from home, you may not need to. That might be good. I yeah. might try that. So— um, yeah, and I'll say this: if you throw a, a rifle season into the first week of uh, November or into November at some point, I would be stacking everything. You know, I would I would be doing everything possible to get on a deer. And this is strictly from a bow hunting perspective. Everything on that, you know, stacked in at, uh, in the first before the uh, before the rifle season starts. So there's that. Now from a from a strategy standpoint pre-rut strategy standpoint what like what do you think from a pre-rut strategy yeah standpoint. like so you, let's just say you can't hunt november or you know you you said that the the 20th through the 31st you consider that the pre-rut let's just say I, i'm i'm just throwing this out as a hypothetical the last night that you can hunt this year is November, Halloween night. What are you doing right now? Pre-rut. I'm trick-or-treating, so I'm screwed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, what? So, okay, yeah, kind of like I said a little bit before. Well, so tonight, you actually said this earlier. Uh, you and I text about this when I was on public ground. Tonight when I go out, I don't have any cameras out there. Mm-hmm. So my hope is that I get out there and I'm going to look for sign. Yeah. I'm going to look for rubs, scrapes, hopefully scrapes more than rubs. But, and if I, I hope to God, I see some. And if I see, let's, let's just say I, for instance, I say, I see three scrapes in a 80 yard span. Yeah. I'm going to use that sign that I saw parlay it with where do I think he's bedded at or coming from. And I'm going to set up based on the wind, based on his travel. If he's not rutting yet, if he's pre-rutting, he's going to be checking those scrapes potentially tonight when he gets up out of bed. Now, if I don't have that sign tonight, I hate to be like Debbie Downer, but if I get out there and I don't have that sign tonight, I, I bet you I don't see him yeah. or, a, or a shooter. But um, So I'll probably be a little more still hunting tonight in that area until I can find sign. And then I'll set up on it. Yeah. Because in my opinion, this time of the month, they're more likely to hit a scrape than they are a rub. Um, not saying they don't rub trees, but you know, I feel like rubs happen a little earlier than scrapes do, and then scrapes kind of take over their um their I don't know, their drive yeah. uh as it gets closer to the rut. Um, but you know, if I hit an area where I see 400 rubs in a small little area, yeah, I'll probably set on, set up on, up on it too. Plus you can look at those and see, are they fresh? Are they not fresh? Um, 
based on what the rub looks like. Yeah. And I'm just going to try to find sign and then set up where I think he's going to be coming from for it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, honestly, the, the pre-rut's harder to hunt, in my opinion, than the rut. Really? Well, the rut, I mean, dude, you could literally sit anywhere in the woods and probably find a deer at some point yeah. during the rut. Yeah. Or like I said, during the rut, just find where the freaking does are. They're going to be there. Yeah. Um, and you can set up, you know, off of bedding areas where does might be bedded. You can set up off of them because, you know, bucks are to come, they're, they're going to come in and wind check it. Um, you know, like to me during the rut, a lot of bucks throw caution to the wind and all they're trying to do is get some mm-hmm. during the pre-rut. They're still not totally stupid yet. So for me, it's, it's harder to kill a deer when he's, he's just kind of getting going before he's just dumb as, I mean, you've seen it during the rut. There's some bucks that would walk right through you. Yeah. Like the zombies, man. So, yeah. I mean, I don't mind the rut just because it, you know, and then also you add rifle season into it. Rifle hunters, um, they, they'll get deer moving. So if deer are having problems with getting up and getting out of an area, you got a guy that hunts a farm only rifle and he comes in there and bumps them. Guess what he just did for you? He might've gave you a little, you know, tip of the cap and gave you some help by getting those deer moving. So, yeah. Um, it's not the worst thing to have rifle season right in the middle of the rut. Um, but it makes it, uh, it definitely makes it interesting. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as my pre-rut strategy, like when I, I'm going to get out at some point this week, I don't know when yet, but I will. And I'm going to hunt staging areas like i just i i am a staging area fan and i even like terrain features and staging areas over a ton of sign but usually if i have ease like whether it's e-scouting or actually you know i've done boots on the ground scouting or i've done um you know, I just have tons of years of experience on, and, and I've already identified these staging areas. If I had to pick this next, this up, this week right here, I'm going to be focused on staging areas right before big ag, right before open timber, right before, uh, or like, or just on the back end where a, a train feature or a travel corridor comes from a bedding area and they you know they stage and usually what happens in this area is is there's going to be sign there and so i exactly i know it's just i i'm hunting staging areas because that's where the sign is and usually those two things are connected right so um i've, I've never been a the guy who's like hey i am going to hunt this big scrape and i've never like i've never i'm not gonna say i've never i've well i can tell you this i've never shot a deer over top of a scrape and i maybe it's i don't think i have either and it's maybe it's not because i've set up i haven't necessarily set up over top of them because i have in the past but i just i put myself in these in in terrain features more than i do like focused on sign and well usually those two things coincide with each other but sometimes they don't yeah and you and i basically just said the same thing because when i said i'll go look for sign tonight you won't catch me on the field edge this time of year no so if i find a scrape let's say uh which i won't because i'm basically going to be in what you were talking about a staging area i'm going to be in the timber working my way 
back to where I'm hoping I see sign. Yeah. Uh, because it's in a staging area. So if they're staging, they're going to do stuff, right? Right. But if I'm walking in and I see a scrape on the, the field edge and then another scrape 100 yards later on that field edge, I'm still not going to set up on it. Yeah. Because I feel like this time of year at least, those scrapes are getting hit after dark. Absolutely. So why am I there? Yeah. So I need to get a little further where he's staged up, just like you said, um, in between that bedding and where he's coming to, where he's also probably going to make sign. That's my hope is I find that sign in the quote-unquote staging area like you were talking about in the timber. You won't catch me on a field edge this time of year yeah. almost ever unless I just can't can't help it. But, um, yeah, so we're kind of saying the same thing basically. Yeah, absolutely. Any anything else from a like from a pre rut strategy? I, I really do feel like uh, if I want to take it to the next level, the stand locations are still going to be the same as my rut locations. Like I'm not going to hunt a big travel corridor. Like I I have this one um, this one stand location, and it, it's it's on a big ridge in between. Uh, where a river pushes down and it really cuts off two big blocks of timber. And so that's, it's like a highway between those. I probably won't hunt that this time of year because I don't think that they're just cruising heavily at that point. That's more of a rut, uh, rut location, but you know, terrain features leading up to field edges, um, staging areas, uh, maybe a, a in timber popular front fence crossing or, or, you know, obviously the staging area and in a morning hunt, I'm, I, I, there's nothing saying that I won't try to find a good access route downwind of a bedding area, uh, or, um, or the same staging area. You know, if, if I can get yeah. in, if I can get in on them, uh, if I could backdoor them so I don't have to walk through the ag field and, and bust them in the morning, right? If I have a, a good access route. So with that said, um, that's about it. I mean, I, I treat, I'm still really focused on access. I'm focused on terrain, the same that I will in the rut, the same that I am in the, uh, uh, in, even in the early season. Sign doesn't necessarily dictate where I go. Uh, where I go is usually signed because of the terrain features, you know, that I hunt. So it's just one of those things where I, you got to be patient. And uh, the last thing that I want to talk about here is, man. You, you just said it though, man. Yeah. Like that's the hardest thing to be right now. Yeah. Is patient because I'm already feeling pressure. I, I don't, shouldn't say pressure. I'm already feeling antsy because yeah. I haven't been hunting near as much as I have in previous years by now. Yeah. Um, and I don't have the deer that I think I'm, I'm supposed to have. So there I'm putting this, this added, uh, quote unquote pressure on myself. And it really doesn't change anything though. Even if I had seven shooters, I was after I'd be after them the same way. Right. Um, like our buddy, Tony Peterson said it perfectly. Like at the beginning of the year, he starts, further out like so like if he'll he'll hunt a field edge if he needs to at the beginning of the year and then as the year he as the year goes on he moves further and further into the timber towards the 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 bedding areas or gets in those staging areas where those bucks are gonna you know they're gonna show up potentially in daylight way uh before you know we've all heard the term nocturnal buck right right well he's up somewhere He's he gets up out of his bed somewhere, 
Right. And if that's before that, if that's before dark, then you need to be there to shoot him there because right. 30 minutes later, he's going to be in, in the field at dark. Well, you can't shoot him then. So right. like, that's a, that's a perfect way in my, for my brain, when Tony said that to think about it, you got to keep going until you can find them. They're killable somehow. Exactly. Um, 100% agree no with, with that statement. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and so this is like right now, I mean, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, everybody is throwing their two cents in right now of, of what you should do to kill a buck whenever, like today or tomorrow or the next day or the rut or the pre-rut or early season, blah, blah, blah. And it really just pisses me off because these people are giving blind advice. And I understand that some of these people have lots of experience. But one one thing that really frustrated me the other day is some guy said, you can't kill him from the couch. And he goes, actually, you can kill him from the couch. You can, you just be patient and you wait for the right time. Well, that's, that's great advice for someone who can be patient, who has the time to set out and know that in a, a day or two, they can go and uh, go out when exactly. it's better. That's not true if you're the average hunter. That is not true. You have to be in the woods to kill a deer. And yes, you could be patient on a smaller parcel, right? And wait till the good times. Yes, that's obvious. But at the same time, you have to be out there and find those locations to get in the, the right spot for when the time, when, when the deer does come down the trail, right? And whether he's, and, and so you can't control that. And I don't care how much experience somebody has in the woods. I have seen deer prove me wrong and my beliefs wrong every year since I started forming opinions on, on strategy and they've proved me wrong every year. And so I, I, I hate when someone gives a statement like stay out of the woods. No, if, if you need to throw, go, up, hunting. Yeah, go hunt, throw up an observation stand, watch from a distance. Um, I don't like that strategy, but that's what I would rather recommend someone do than sit at home, right? If, if you have yeah. a bad wind, throw an observation stand in, all right? Go do it. Or, you know, go check trail cameras. See, and, and that term even is gets me sometimes, right? Because yeah. what does bad wind really mean? Right, exactly. It just means not ideal. just means not ideal. Right. So hunt the wind that you have that day, just like tonight. I do not have an ideal wind for the place I'm going to. I'm still going because you and I just talked about our kids tonight is the only night I get this week to go. Boom. Gotta so go. I'm going to go hunting. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's not an ideal win. So I'm going to use the win that I have tonight and hope that I can make it that marginal wind that I can kill a, a hopefully, hopefully a mature buck before I get busted. Yeah. And you're going to do, you're going to probably change. Let's say you had your wins, right? Your wind tonight is not ideal, but, if it was idea deal, like the ideal win versus the, the win that you actually have tonight, I'm guessing that's going to cause you to have two different access routes into the woods. Yes. Yes. See? Yep. So there's always a way if you can be creative, right? And if you have maybe multiple entrance points into a farm, one of my farms, yeah. it's going to get tough because I have. Not, uh, yeah, I, I saw have your a, story about that. I, I have a 10 foot fence gap. 
that I can that I can use on the southeast corner of that property, and that's it. I can't access it from anywhere else, and that's uh like a oh, I want to say a hundred and twenty acre piece, and so that hundred and twenty yeah. acres is ten foot gap in a fence, and I so yeah. I can't I can't come from the north or the east or the west or the south or things like that. Maybe next year, but right now I can't. I can't. So, um, but what, what I can do once I go through that gap, I can loop way around or I can cut straight to, or I can, you know, go in then, I don't know, J hook or hard corner in, or, or, you know, just, just get creative with your access routes and, and put the, you know, don't worry about, you know, there's times to be aggressive with the wind and quarter, you know, quarter hard, but at the same time, uh, there's nothing wrong with sitting in a wind direction where your scent is just blowing 100% away from where the action's going to be too. So, well, well, think about this. The ideal wind for you is probably not ideal for him. Right. So you prob- you might not see him because it's not ideal for him. Yeah. A marginal night like tonight for me is a better night for the deer than it is for me. Yeah. So use that wind to your quote unquote advantage is what I'm hoping to do. Yeah. Get set off, set up to where you obviously it'd be nice if you knew exactly where he was bedded. That would be great. Yep. But uh, then I just go shoot him in his bed, but that's not how it works. Right. So you, you, you say, I feel like he's going to be here. I'm going to get in his staging area. I'm going to set up to where he feels like he's safe and he gets shot before he feels like he's not in a good situation. Right. I mean, sometimes like last year I killed my buck on an, on a, actually the exact same wind I'm hunting tonight, Northwest type of wind. I killed him in that situation last year, which is not ideal for me. I'm going to use the, basically the same type of, um, entry that I did last year to get back to that area, except I'm not going to hunt in that stand. And I am think I'm, I'm probably going to work a little further and stay on the ground just because we've had rain for two straight days. It'll be easy to move around. But, um, so, I mean, I don't know, man, like you, you said it and me, Micah and Andy, we say that term all the damn time. Can't kill him on the couch. I bet you I can find a text in the last hour and a half about can't kill him <laughs> on the couch between us. No, no shit. I'm, I'm telling you right now. Yeah. I swear Micah just said it, said it to Andy. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, oh, maybe he didn't, I don't know, but anyway, it's like you have, <laughs> right. you have, you have tonight to go. Got to go. It's not an ideal wind. Whatever, I just go hunting. You, it's it, that term is one hundred percent true. Yeah, you cannot kill him on the couch. Yeah. Now, if you're if you're one of those lucky folks, and that's great, that can hunt pretty much every day of your life if you felt like it. Yeah. Sure. Then maybe take tonight off and watch a movie. But you know, for most people out there listening to this show, they're just working class people who. Yeah. can go hunt when they can go hunt. They've got kids doing stuff or whatever else. And uh, so just go hunting. I mean, yeah. you know, and don't, and don't stress yourself out with getting something killed because you see Instagram posts or go wild post about, you know, deer dead. Like that's great for them. Be happy for them. Yep. Um, and just try to enjoy yourself. You know, every year I stress myself out more than I should. <laughs> and, and I'm trying this year not to care as much. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, uh, dude, I'll tell you this. Hunt. <laughs> So and I, I'm, I'm saying this to talk about my mind state, but I don't want it to come off arrogant, but I'm on a roll 
as far as filling my tank. Knock on wood, right? 2016, so 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Seven years in a row, I have filled my my Iowa archery tag, okay? The one that I get. And so I've put myself in the right spot. And the more that that gets rolling, the more I am relaxed going into the season and I have made better, clearer decisions. Um, so I don't want to say that in order to have that, you have to have success because you don't. You have to be able to shed the nonsense and the overthinking. And when you can, when you can do that, holy shit, dude, it just gets so much more fun. It gets so much more fun. Yeah. And even if, I mean, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. I've, I've killed my target buck three out of the last four years. And one of those years I tagged totally out Missouri. Yeah. So that's four, four bucks in four years now. I'm, I guess you'd say I'm on a roll too. Yeah. And that does make it, I guess, a little easier not to, to, you know, worry as much going into an, an another year, but like, we're all hunters. We all want to get the job done still. Yeah. yeah that's um, a fact. You know, so whether you've not done it, you know, four years in a row before this year or not, yeah, I can see where you would put yourself in a pressure situation. So if you if you feel like you're pressured, slay a doe. Yeah. Get that get it out of your, you know, get it out of your hair. Hey, I got something killed. Now, you know, I'm playing with house money. Yep. Um, you know, cuz if you want some meat, that's a that's a nice uh nice deer to take down. I love does. So Fact. I don't know. Don't don't put pressure on yourself. Remember like Zach Farrenball, we just released a show with him today. He said it perfectly. Hunting is supposed to be fun. Yes. Yes. So that's a fact. Fun. That's what I'm trying to do. You know, I'm going to go do that tonight with no expectations and, uh, you know, hunt that staging area like we were talking about. Hey, man, that's a perfect place to end because uh, you got to have fun. And uh, so I appreciate your time. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. Make sure everybody listens to the Missouri Woods and Water podcast. And I, I'll, I'll say this, just because it's titled the Missouri Woods and Water podcast doesn't mean that it's not applicable everywhere because they have a lot of great guests from all over the country and uh, they they have a, a lot of great content on there. So shout out to the whole Missouri Woods and Water crew. Nate, thanks for coming on and good luck this upcoming season. Hey, thanks, Dan. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another episode in the books. Huge shout out to Nate. Uh, huge shout out to Tethered, Wasp, Hunt, Stain, and Vortex. Huge shout out to all of you for taking time out of your day to download and listen. Like I said, go leave a five-star review wherever you download your podcast. And uh, please share our content on social. If there is a episode that you really like, make sure you guys share it on, on your Instagram stories or uh, make a post about it and tag us in it and we'll share the shit out of that as well. So uh, do that. Good vibes in. Good vibes out. It's time to get out and start getting serious here. Um, good vibes in, good vibes out. Wear your safety harness, and we'll talk to you next time.